Hey, this is Jeff Play from El Terrain, Sabotage, and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You are listening to That Metal Interview Podcast. Welcome back, boys and girls, rockers, metalheads, and all of the above. We appreciate your company. We have a special guest, a returning guest, by the name of Jeff Plate, drummer extraordinaire for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for over 25 years now, and a member of Sabotage since 1994. And with this project, Alta Rain, he is here to promote his sophomore record with Alta Rain. A record by the name of Upon the Horizon. If you're not familiar with this stuff, you guys have to check it out. I highly recommend this record and the first one by the name of Mother's Day. This new one's called Upon the Horizon. And so, let's check out a jam from Upon the Horizon, Alterrain's sophomore record. This is Defy. We'll be right back.
awesome, awesome hard rock metal song, if you will. A touch of Sabotage, a touch of TSO, but with its own signature of Altarain. That's A-L-T-A-R-E-I-G-N, and you guys can stream it now. The album dropped back in November of 2023, and we have Jeff Plate of the band to promote the album here. So let's go straight to the interview with Jeff. Enjoy. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Here in uh, Texas. How about yourself? Well, I'm in upstate New York. It's cold. There's still snow on the ground. But it is winter, so that's to be expected. Yeah. That's it's all good, though. Awesome. Let's start off with, uh, you just finished the tour with TSO, right? Not so long ago. How did that go? Oh, it was great. It was great. Um, you know, these tours, every every year, they just they do seem to get better, and I don't just say that. The production team, the management team, really comes up with something unique for every one of these tours that we do. And, and of course, the band that I play in is, is phenomenal. You know, Joel Hoekstra, Chris Caffrey, Tony Dickinson on bass, Derek Meehan on keyboards, and, you know, the, the likes of Russell Allen and Zach Stevens on vocals. Such a great group of people to work with, but uh, wow. that that also that also reflects to the West Coast. You know, they they have another completely awesome group of people over there on that tour too. But but no, these these tours are are a huge success every year, and you know, I'm very thankful and much credit to Paul O'Neill for creating this music and these stories. And uh, of course, you know, this thing this thing has become tradition for millions of people, and it's it's awesome. What do you think it is, Jeff? Do you think it's a uh, this is rock mixed with Christmas stuff and uh, Real nice melodies and, of course, TSO songs. But what do you think uh, this is? Why are people attracted to this? Uh, well, a couple things. You know, first of all, I think that the music and the and the lyrics are just that good. You know, yeah. Paul created Paul created something very very unique, and he created something that was you know it's progressive music and there's obviously classical music mixed in. Yeah, but he made it very accessible for for a lot of people and. But add to that uh, the story, which I think the stories are, are a big thing that draw people in just because once the audience realizes what the story is about and what Paul was saying, they, they realize he's really, he's really speaking to millions. You know, there's, I'm sure the majority of the people in the audience, once, once they get it, they go, wow, you know, this relates to me or this relates to somebody that I know, et cetera. And, and then on top of that, obviously the, the, the holiday music themes that are that are weaved in and out of these songs you know that that adds a very holiday festive spirit to the whole thing and you know i just i just used the word tradition yeah. a minute ago it's it's really it's really kind of a heavy thing to say but we've become tradition for for so many people and i think because of of all those elements you know it's the holiday the holidays for some people do not begin until they see our show right and it's <laughs> i mean that that uh-huh. itself is pretty that's pretty cool, but the uh, but the fact that this this music is is just as well received every year as it was the previous years. You know, it, there's truly no end in sight for this. I have a brother-in-law in San Antonio, and uh, he went to see you guys this uh, last time around without even knowing the background of of uh, TSO uh, sabotage, quote unquote, uh, Paul O'Neill, any of the singers, any of the musicians. He just took his daughter to this uh, TSO event, and without knowing none of the background, that's that's so cool. And uh, 
I had to tell them a bit about the, the past, about the, the history, right? So that's cool how these people are attracted to to this without even knowing uh, how it started or or that the sabotage is involved in there somehow. It's just uh, uh, mind-blowing to me. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, TSO is 28 years old. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of people that have that have come that have come along that have seen this that have passed this on. You know, word of mouth is obviously a huge thing with with everything. But I think with TSO, once people actually got into the room, you know, obviously we started in theaters, but once people were actually in the room and experienced the show and were able to see the musicians and see what Paul was building here. You know, and and I'm always going to go back to the story because the story is something that that people realized. Well, this is safe for my children. This is this is safe for my grandparents. You know, my teenager is going to like this. Yeah. You know, throw in the rock that rock element to it. And you know, over the years, I'm sure a lot of people are coming because they've heard about this great show. Yeah. But but once you get them in the room, and then they realize, you know, the story, the lyrics, the musicality, the songs themselves. That's just how this thing just keeps growing every year, and you know, hey, unfortunately we lost Paul several years ago, but man, he, he created something that's going to live on. Right? It's going to live on forever, dude, and it's 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 really awesome to, wow. to just be a part of this every year. So you guys do two shows a day? Is that so, or was is that in the past? Oh no, every every tour every week is basically eight shows in five days. Wow. We do single shows on Wednesday and Thursday, double shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And and that, that changes a little bit towards the end of the tour, depending on how the calendar falls with, with Christmas and, and New Year's, that, that type of thing. But uh but yeah, this is the this is the schedule and this is the pace that we've been on now for just you know, over right. fifteen years. It's pretty it's 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 a it's a grueling tour, but well worth it. Is it the same uh, lineup for the West and the East, or does that change a bit? Luckily, it has not changed much at all over the past 12, 13 years. I mean, both yeah. bands have been very solid. Um, there's a couple people, there's a couple singers on each side that have come and gone for various reasons. But, but for the most part, it's a very, very solid unit on the East and on the West. And and this is another reason why this this show is so good, and, and you know these people these people appreciate what we do as much as they do. So this is a Christmas event, quote unquote. When do you guys start rehearsals for this stuff? Is it back in, like in October, maybe August? Well, usually everybody starts doing their homework in October, yeah. and then and then we get we get together in the beginning of November, and rehearsals last basically two weeks, but. You know, going back to to how much these bands have stayed the same over the years. You know, I mean, there's a number of us. I mean, myself and Chris Caffrey have been here from the beginning. We've we've played everything at some point. Wow. And that goes for most of the musicians that are in both bands right now. I mean, over 13 years, you, you cover a lot of ground. So a lot of times we get to re- get to rehearsals in... And brushing the dust off, you know, some of these songs we've played many times doesn't really take that long. Yeah. We, we introduce something new. There's always some different segues and melodies and things like that. But, you know, the majority of the, of the rehearsal is really spent on the production. And, you know, here again, when you see the show, you, you understand why. How many buses and trucks are involved, Jeff? Would you have an idea? or? Is... I think, boy, I don't have an exact number. I want to say 10 buses and 20 trucks. Wow. That's 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 basically been the average for you know all these 
all these years, like I said, the past 15 years or so, we've been we've been running at a very, very steady pace. I say steady, it's very busy, but it's been very consistent. And the production has really, you know, once we got to a certain point with the production, you can only get so much bigger because you've got to get the show torn down and get it to the next city. Yeah. In time, in time for a matinee the next day, if if that's if that's the case. So going back to what I had said earlier too about production and management, yeah. you know, there, there's a way to make this show look bigger every year without actually physically making it bigger. The, some some of the content and the lighting schemes and some other things that we that we use really really make that happen. But yeah, it's a lot of production, dude. I, I tell you, the, yeah. the 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 road crews that we have on each of these tours are amazing. And if it wasn't for them being as good as they are, we, we could never we could never pull this off. No doubt. So let's speak Alto Rain upon the horizon. Uh, it dropped November of 2023. Rat Pack Records. How's the reception so far, Jeff? It sounds badass to me. <laughs> It's been very good. It's been very good. You know, I think when we released Mother's Day back in 2021, there was there was a curiosity. You know, what is a what is an album headed by Jeff Plate going to sound like? Yeah. And you know, we came out with a with a very very strong record, a unique sound. A lot of people really dug what we did, and that carried over into Upon the Horizon and. You know, we realized when we released Mother's Day, it was it was going to take people a while to come around to it. Yeah. But once they did, everybody really seemed to enjoy the record. So we we knew going into the writing period there for Upon the Horizon that we had to we had to measure up to that and take it a step further. So everybody really everybody really focused on just being a little bit better this time around. You know, I, I think the songs. I, I want to say the songs are stronger, but you know, there's people that think, you know, both records are equally as strong. So I'll leave that at that. But yeah. I think, I think lyrically and vocally, and just the performance of everybody, really stepped up. And along with the production by uh, by, by my friend Joe Clapp at Ultrasound Productions, he he did an excellent job again on this record. So, but so far so good, man. That's one of my questions. Who produced it? So there you go. Yeah, well, myself and, and Joe Clapp, we, we've we've uh, collaborated on the first two records, and uh, you know, and the band does too. I mean, everybody in the band has an opinion on on arrangements, on yeah. sounds, on etc. And of course, you know, that a final decision has to be made and all that. But but everybody does have a voice in this, and and you know, when it comes right down to it, myself and Joe Clapp, at the end of the day, we're the, we're the two that make the final decisions, and and. Uh, Yeah, I, I'm really, really happy with the, with the sound that we've created with these two records. For people that have not heard it, I truly recommend it, Jeff. It's badass. Uh, the, the intro, you. the intro, instrumental, reverent is badass. No madness, rocks. The whole thing, uh, if it's fair, if I can say, it has a touch of sabotage and TSO. Maybe it's just my two cents. You know, was this by design or is this by accident or? Um, well, I think that's inevitable to a certain degree because obviously I've, I've been in both bands for, yeah. for a long time. Jane Mangini, my keyboard player, she's, she's, you know, same thing. She's been in TSO for, for years and years. Yeah. Uh, you know, the difference with, with these two records, when we first started writing Mother's Day, it was myself and my guitarist, Tommy Cook, and my bassist, Kevin McCarthy. We really put together most of the music for Mother's Day, and 
Zach Hamilton and Colin Holloway, you know, actually contributed too, but they were, they were more contributing to vocals. And Jane came in towards the end of the writing for Mother's Day. You know, she, she added her parts and stuff after most of this had been written. Okay. Upon the Horizon was, was different because Jane was on board from the very beginning. So she had, she had contributed a number of ideas before we even started writing. Yeah. That you know, you know, Jeff, I've got, I've got this here. Just you can take it and do what you will with it. And she's got, she's got so many great ideas. And she's Reverend great, yeah. was, Reverend was one of those, um, which we we did some editing on and you know retooled that a little bit. No madness. The core of that song was was part of a piece of music that Jane had, that Jane had uh, had given to me. And then at the end of the at the end of the record, beneath the rose, you know, this is this is my tribute to Paul O'Neill, and and obviously Jane has been working in TSO ever since, you know, for over twenty years. And wow. I asked her to, you know, when you write your parts for this song, you know, think of Paul. Yeah. You know, I, I don't necessarily want you to play something TSO, but you've been playing the Trans Siberian Orchestra music for so long, and you know how Paul was writing, and you know you know how he thought musically. When you come up with these parts for this song, just, you know, pick a Paul. And, man, I, I just, I'm so proud of Beneath the Rose, you know, not just with what Jane brought to the table, but everybody. Tommy Cook, I think, sang it brilliant, brilliantly. And Quite I think, fun. you know, for the, most, for the most part, this is, you know, your comment about the Sabotage TSO likeness. I, I've heard that several times with this record. But the uh, the fact that Jane was involved in the very beginning, I think I think changed that a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, there's still some real kick-ass heavy guitar playing and bass playing in this record, and and a lot of it was really really leaning on the same formula that we used to write Mother's Day. So, when writing a new song for this record, Jeff, was it Jane that started off the process, or did you come up with a melody, or maybe the guitar player came up with an idea, or who kicked off the stuff? Oh, man, you know, every song is different. Yeah. Every song is different. Re Reverend was a piece of music that Jane had given to me. You know, there were some parts that we edited out. Edited out. We added some other parts. You know, and here again, I I'm, I sat with uh, Kevin McCarthy a lot working on this record. Just you know, kind of juggling some ideas around. No madness. Same thing. Same awesome. thing. Awesome, Jane. Now the defy was something that myself and Colin Holloway started working on nice. I, I had the I had the lyrics and the chorus melody which is usually the way a, a lot of these songs come about you know I'll, I'll have a song title a lyrical idea and a melody for for say the chorus or the bridge or something like that and I get together with with Kevin and Colin and you know whoever's available at the time and we just start working on it so but every song does have a different uh, a different starting point um, between the eyes This was another another yeah. piece of music that was left over from from jam sessions with with Zach Stevens and Matt Leff in Wicked Witch back in Boston in 1990. Oh wow! So, you know, a 30 year old riff that was on a cassette tape uh, wow. inspired that song. So, so cool! Wow, cool backstory there. Yeah, yeah, and there's you know, Upon the Horizon, same thing that was that was inspired by one of the old. One of the old cassette tapes, uh, the Wicked Witch sessions, as, as I like to call them. Uh, threes, threes was, threes was quite interesting because I had an idea for for the chorus, the the subject of the song, and I basically 
had a rhythm in mind that I just recorded on the drums. I, I hit record and recorded drums for about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever, just kind of riffing around this one tempo. Yeah. And I sent it to I sent uh, the drum track to Jane. And I said, "Have at it." You know, this yeah. is kind of the direction I'm thinking. And she came back with a ton of different parts that Kevin and I sat with and we edited. We juggled things around, and you know, that's how that song came about. Have no fear. That was something that has been kicking around in my head for for 20 years, and that was really something that Kevin and I kind of started putting together. Uh, Zach Hamilton came came aboard and added a couple chorus parts and things like that. Animation, that's another one I, I got together with Kevin and Colin. You know, so a lot of these things are all, they basically all kind of start with me, but a lot of it is built with the help of everybody. Yeah. And, and you know, it's great because everybody loves being involved. I love all their ideas. And it is really what, what has made All Terrain sound the way that we do. And I, I think that's very unique. So you mentioned different musicians here. Who are the who's the full band here for the record? Kevin, Jane. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy is is my bassist. Tommy Cook, lead guitar, most guitars, lead vocals. Colin Holloway is additional guitar and lead vocals. Zach Hamilton, additional keyboards and lead vocals. Uh, Jay Mangini, obviously the keyboards. And myself, drums. And I've I've taken on the. I've taken on the role of the lyricist and the arranger and the producer and, and all of the above. So nice. It really is just such a fantastic group of musicians. And aside from Jane, everybody is local. You know, we all basically live in the same town. And Kevin and Tommy, I've known these guys for 25 plus years. So wow. it was it was really cool to to get together with them and work on an original original project. Are you 100% satisfied, Jeff, with the the outcome here with the record? Or is there something, if you had the chance, something you would want to change or fix? <laughs> wow, that's a trick. That's a tricky question because you know you can always, I think, listen back to something and go, "Hmm, yeah." Should I? Yeah, should I have done this or should I have done that? <laughs> now you know what you know what. Honestly, man, it's like, and I tell people this: the hardest part about doing a record or writing a song is realizing is signing off on it. Yeah. You know, coming to a coming to a point where you say, "Okay, this song is done. I'm moving on to the next song," and I think that's that's the same to be said for the album. You know, it's well, once the once the Mother's Day record was written, I was thinking about the next record. Yeah, and the same same goes for this. You know, "Upon the Horizon" has been written, it's been produced, it's been processed, manufactured, and packaged. It's been released to the world. I am very very happy with everything that we did on these records and you know like i said you might always listen back to it and you know yeah myself be myself being as critical of, of myself as anything you know geez should i have done a different jump fill there or or could i have done a different beat right. you know and honestly the answer is no it it is what it is and we're going to move on to the next one and if there's something to be improved on hopefully we can carry that into the third record right I saw an interview with uh, Kirk Hammett of Metallica where he he wishes he could have fixed those uh, solos on Kill 'Em All, that first album. And ah. yeah, I guess he he said that they're kind of dirty. That's the word he used. But he accepts it because it's he says it's a, a moment in time captured on tape, right? So he just leaves it at that. But he does wish he could have. So that's that's why I ask these questions. You know, 
uh, as musicians, you know, sometimes we want to fix this, fix that, or maybe this, maybe that. But there you go. That's a cool answer right there. I think I think we all go through that. You yeah. Know, I think I think everybody that is an artist in general, you know, once you get done with the project, you you might think, well, what if? What right. If? But if you ever, you know, and that's just part of 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 maturing and progressing into your art, whatever it is, you know, painting, even an engineer, you know, somebody that builds a house, a contractor, right? <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, uh, there's a lot of the same elements that go into this. But at the end of the day, you get done with what you're doing, you stand back. And if it's very good, it's just something to be proud of. And I think you can always, you can always pick something apart. But, but hey, you know, sounds in, great. In reference to what in reference to what Kirk was saying, when you do something, when you're young, yeah. I mean, in that moment, you think it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 10, 15 years later, you listen back on it. When you've, you've gotten a lot, a lot better yourself, yeah. you can listen back on something and go, oh, man, what was I thinking? Right. But, hey, you know, you were thinking what you did at the time, and, uh, you know, that's that's a good place to start. Yeah, that was back then. This is now. So, so which is your favorite yeah. track, Jeff, on here? Oh, man. All of them. <laughs> Yes, I mean that is that's the easy answer, but you know I tell you, there's there's several of them. I love them all. Let me let me put it that way. Reverent is such a beautiful piece of music. Oh yeah, and, and it is it is maybe a little unexpected because as pretty as it is, it is also deep and it's also heavy, and just an instrumental. You know, it's like. Wow, starting an album album off with an instrumental like this is is maybe a little a little tricky, but I think the music itself is, is just such a wonderful piece. I I absolutely love it. Have no fear yeah. is another one because it is it is such a different type of song. You know, this is this is something like I said. This was bouncing around in my head for over twenty years, and when I sat down with Kevin McCarthy and started working on this. You know, I said, "Hey, I have an idea for a a progressive country song," <laughs> uh-huh. and he was like, wow. "Like, well, what is that?" <laughs> I don't know, man. We're gonna find out. There so, you go. but that, but that song, I really love that song. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I think lyrically and everybody's performance on it. Tommy's performance on the vocals is is fantastic. Uh, the title track, "Upon the Horizon," there's there's so many things going on in that song that. I mean, I love the whole thing. So, hey, you know what? Overall, I think it's a very strong album, front to back. Oh yeah, we are we are a progressive band. I mean, at our core, we're a rock band, or you could say we're a metal band, but we're a progressive band. So it allows us to kind of you know push a couple boundaries here and there and do some different things. And and we sp- we explored that a little bit more on this record. Will we see uh, Alter Rain on tour, or maybe somewhere a gig here, or one off or something? That would be very nice um the reality is and you know this i think anybody in this business knows this it is it's difficult to go out and play yeah it's difficult to go on tour you know but in the case of all terrain even though everybody is local everybody is an adult with a full-time job a lot of things going on and if el terrain can uh can get some some significant interest or something comes along that uh, we really would have to prepare for and you know dig right into it I think everybody would be on board 
but the reality is the music is not all that simple. The vocals are are complicated, and this would take a lot of work for us to to get rehearsed and put this thing on stage and and, and be as good as we would want to be. You know, as good as we would expect to be. So let's hope something happens. But in the meantime, we're we're content with with what we've done, and we're just going to start writing some more music and see what happens. Awesome answer. Cool. Hopefully one day. So uh, the one million dollar question, Jeff. How is the new Sabotage album looking? A lot of fans are asking, and they're dying to listen to it. You know, uh, I heard uh, Oliva got injured and stuff like that. So, what's give us an update there? Well, health before anything. You know, John has been dealing with with some back issues. Yeah. Um, I believe they were pretty intense. So I have, you know, I check in on John once in a while. He just says he's doing better. I assume he's doing better. And having said that, that's a good sign. So oh. if John if John can get get healed up, I think we're going to be in good shape. But I know how this goes with 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 back problems. I've had my share of them. They are debilitating, and depending on to what degree, which I don't know exactly, but it sounds like John has uh, been pretty uncomfortable to say the least. So we're just hoping that he gets better and gets you know back up on his feet and gets. Uh, gets back in the studio and we, we can get working again but hey you know he's he's talked about the ideas before and there's plenty of them but right now it's really just a matter of john's help and letting him get back uh get back to you know 100 hopefully but at least get back in shape so we can we can get in the get in the studio and get working yeah we wish him the best of course to which uh sabotage album would you compare this to jeff what does it sound like i mean What, what are you referring to? The, the new music? Yeah, the new music, new sabotage. Um, well, I'd rather not. Not a lot of it. Just listen. There's there's a lot of really good ideas in sabotage. Even just you know, I joined the band in 1994. Yeah. And what what a difference between Hall of the Mountain King and Handful of Rain. Handful of Rain to Poets and Madmen. You know, the TSO element, the Paul O'Neill, John Oliva writing team was bringing sabotage in, in that direction. Yeah. So there's certainly going to be some elements of that, you know, the yeah. orchestration, the, the piano playing, the vocals. But sabotage has always been heavy too. So it's going to be sabotage. John Oliva writes a certain way and that comes across in all of this music. Um, but as far as what, you know, pointing, putting a finger on what it sounds like in this and that, that's that's really to be determined because there's a lot of, there's a lot of work left to be done. Fair. So, uh, changing uh, gears here, what is Sunsonic, Jeff? Is that active, or what is that? Oh man! So Sunsonic was a was a cover band that myself and Tommy Cook and Colin Holloway and Zach Hamilton were a part of, and we were doing, you know, a bunch of the the, the kind of the Sunset Strip hair metal thing. You know, okay. a lot of Dawkins, Poison, Van Halen. Cool. Uh, we were doing some Def Leppard. We were doing some Scorpions, Judas Priest, a lot of Kiss. Um, it was just a really cool, cool cover band. And when COVID came around in 2020, obviously it shut everything down as far as playing out live. And All Terrain had already kind of begun. Mother's Day. Yeah, Tommy and Kevin and I had already started writing some of this material, so... So when COVID came around and Sun Sonic had to basically, you know, put it on the shelf for a while, I was like, 
guys, let's just focus on this record. Let's see what we can make out of this. We've all got home studios. You know, we, we're kind of limited as far as how much we can get together right now. So we had the base written, the basics written for Mother's Day when COVID hit. So we were able to just keep building on that. Working remotely, you know, we got together on occasion, but but Sun Sonic, you know, at that point, really kind of turned into all-terrain. Okay. And, and now, here we are, you know, a couple of years later, and a couple of the guys have some other jobs, which, uh, you know, kind of prevent us from, from getting out there and doing this. But, you know, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, uh, I've been doing this music thing for a long time. Yeah. And I love playing out. I love playing locally. Once I got behind the console and started writing and producing and being all terrain, you know, and working in, a, in, in that kind of a situation, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I would, I would much rather spend my time home now working on original material and doing that than going out and banging around in the clubs because it's, you know, it, it, is, it is a little bit of work obviously to you know get out of the house and go set up and do all this and that but but right now my time is is well spent working on original music and i'm, I'm just very happy with that you mentioned uh wicked witch earlier for people that don't know what that is uh, or that was can you uh, uh fill us in on that for people that don't know you know yeah so wicked witch was a band that i was in in the boston area and this was from 1989 to 1992 and Wicked Witch was Matt Laff on guitar. Matt Laff was was a phenomenal guitarist, GIT grad, real heavy, real real smart guitar player. But when he was at GIT in the mid '80s, he met this vocalist named Zach Stevens. Yeah. And Zach Stevens was the lead singer in Wicked Witch. So Zach and I have known each other and worked together since 1989. Wow. Uh, yeah, been a long time. Been over 30 years. This year is actually 35 years that I've, that I've known Zach. 35 years, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Wicked Witch was a four-piece band. Uh, another Mark Stewart was, was the bass player. But Matt and I, we really, we really gelled together. We, we came up with a lot of really cool stuff. Zach was obviously phenomenal. But, you know, once, once we started banging around the scene and trying to get a record deal and trying to do this and trying to do that, you know, we were one of thousands of bands that were, were going for the same goal. And, you know, we ran into some hurdles. And along the way, Zach got an offer to become the new lead vocalist in Sabotage. Sabotage, yeah. Yeah, wow. so so Zach Zach ended up ended up leaving Wicked Witch and joining Sabotage in 1992. And in all honesty, you know, I was just kind of thinking of this. We were just talking about COVID, how how COVID shut everything down. Well, well, that was about the time that Nirvana right hit the yeah. scene. True. And and a lot of the clubs, a lot of the bands, a lot of the 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 melodic hard rock. Yeah, we were not a hair metal band. We were we were probably influenced more by Dio and Dokken. Yeah. And a combination of that along with Queensryche than we were, you know, like a true hair metal band. But that scene just really, all of a sudden, it just died. And here again, Zach had left to go join Sabotage. And Wicked Witch kind of came to an end in 1993. And that's, that's when I moved back to New York from Boston. But, 
but this was, like I said, my my uh, introduction introduction to Zach Stevens was in 1989. Once he got into sabotage, and and they went through, you know, the trauma that they went through, and Steve Wachholz ended up leaving the band. Zach said, "I got the guy," and I joined in '94, and I've been there ever since. Wow, time flies, huh? Yeah, man. Yep. So, what's next on your plate here, Jeff? Uh, what's next on your agenda? <laughs> Right. Um, well, back home now. Obviously, settled back into uh, civilian life, so to speak. But I've uh, I've developed quite a clientele of drum students, and I've been doing this for for a number of years. I have over twenty students, and last week I I started teaching again. So that becomes my weekly routine. You know, like I said, I've uh, I've really enjoyed writing and, and creating music. So along with teaching doing that obviously you know there's always a number of things going on and and yeah and the wife and i are we actually looking at the schedule and trying to figure out some shows to go see pretty soon so hey you know what before you know it it's going to be uh september i'll be on the i'll be on the phone or the radio promoting the next tsl tour so wow. years go by fast but but musically i i stay busy all year long awesome so upon the horizon you guys can pick it up people listening Al Terrain, Jeff Plates. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for your time, and I appreciate that. Awesome stories there, and uh, very cool background there on the, the making of this album. Very cool. So uh, hopefully we'll see you guys in Texas soon, or either TSO or Al Terrain one day. That'd be great, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. An awesome chat with Mr. Plate. Awesome, awesome stories from the making of Upon the Horizon, Al Terrain's second and sophomore record that you guys have to check out. Rat Pack Records presents. And so, there you go. A bit of an insight on the new Sabotage record. As we know, Mr. John Oliva, the mastermind behind Sabotage, has injured his back. And I guess the whole project is on hold. So there you go. Thank you, Jeff, for the update. And thank you for the background stories in the making of a TSO production and all that stuff, right? Awesome, awesome ear candy for us musicians and rock metal fanatics so thank you jeff once more as far as you listeners thank you for joining us thank you for streaming our stuff sharing don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel that metal interview podcast and don't forget to check out our sister station jrocksmetalzone.com don't forget to keep it metal That middle interview.